we're in an era of rapid change where resilience is vital. The Devoot for Thought podcast dives into the most important topics in government and technology today. Our host, Devoot Goats, sits down with his vast network of colleagues to dish on the tech challenges that affect us all. Follow this podcast on your favorite platform and join the conversation by sharing it on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Direct Technologies Davood for Thought podcast. I'm Davood Goats, and I will be your host today. The way I stay up with the pressing topics of tech and government of today is to tap into the panel of experts I've had the honor of connecting with over the years. Today, we have Chris Cruz joining us on the podcast. Chris is currently the Director and Chief Information Officer for the San Joaquin County. He's a progressive, dynamic, and visionary leader with over 18 years of experience as an executive in IT leadership positions and 29 years of overall IT and business experience with a primary focus in the government sector managing half billion dollar organizations. Without going into too much of um, your background, Chris, mainly because I'm going to be asking about it, I want to welcome you to our podcast. Welcome. Thank you, David. I really appreciate it. And thanks for the invite. I look forward to sharing and having an enlightful discussion with you and the audience about, you know, people process and enabling good technology throughout my state career. But really diving into the background, David, I think I have almost 30 years of government experience. Uh, I'm actually announced my retirement here at the effective at the end of April of this year. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Um, so, uh, it's a big milestone when you spend 30 years in government. I, I started at the Department of Justice in 1989 um, and then worked my way up to the Department of Health Services, crossed over into information technology in 1996, uh, managing the women, infants, and children's uh, legacy uh, modernization system. So that was kind of my trek and transition over into information technology. I then became an IS manager at Department of Health Services. And then uh, lo and behold, uh, and you hired me over at Food and Agriculture, and that was my first trek into being a CIO um, in Food and Agriculture in 2007. So having that ability to transition into a, a CIO position and then later an agency information officer position, I think helped give me a lot of perspective on an enterprise level about state policies, trends, and, and technology capabilities that need to be effectuated effectively. So having that experience with uh, our first CIO, uh, Terry Takai, and helping develop enterprise solutions like Office 365 and being able to work with folks like uh, yourself and Andrew Armani, I think really helped elevate my technology presence in government. Uh, in 2011, or the end of 2010, I was appointed as a CIO at Department of Healthcare Services. So spent almost five years in that particular position, managing the state's largest Medicaid program called Medi-Cal. And from that position on in 2015, I was appointed as Chief Deputy Director of Operations at the California Department of Technology by then CIO Carlos Ramos. I served four years in that positioning, managing the state data center and being the Deputy State CIO, uh, managing all aspects of policy procurement. After four years at the state, I, uh, my last couple of years have been spent as Director and Chief Information Officer in San Joaquin County. Again, driving innovation, transformational change throughout the county, looking at a common security posture across the county and common infrastructure. Excellent. Thank you, Chris. That's very impressive. I remember fondly our 
working together at Department of Food and Agriculture and working on IT governance. And I knew then that you are a hard and smart worker and you'll be going far. And you have proven that to be true. Congratulations. Well, thank you, Devote. I appreciate that. Yeah. Next question is, uh, can you tell us about what emerging trends are you seeing in this field that we are in uh, that we should be paying more attention to these days? Well, I think that's a great question, David. I, I think one of the common emerging trends now, I, I think if you ask what keeps most CIOs at night up, it's cybersecurity and all of the cyber threats that we have going on. Um, one of the first orders of magnitude, when I left Department of Technology, we put a security operations center in before I left and started implementing some centralized security components to address a common security posture. So I brought that model to San Joaquin County. So um, we did a security assessment. We have a three-year cyber strategy that's on at sjgov.org that folks can look at to really address common security practices across the county. And so we've done a great job you know, using tools like CrowdStrike and Tanium uh, and Palo Alto Network Solutions and Cisco StealthWash. Um, we have a combination of those tools now and we're defining what I call a single pane of glass moving forward. So that's been some real extraordinary challenges that we've executed successfully on. And that obviously has been our number one issue. Uh, the other areas too of where I see emerging technologies is um, uh, basically in open data and data governance and transparency, bringing open data, what I call and transparency to the citizen and making sure that you're publishing all of your data online and have the ability to look through budget and other aspects. So again, you'll see in San Joaquin County that a lot of our data is uh, public information because in the county, you're really sitting at the residence experience. Um, board meetings are with resident. Um, you know, you're, you're definitely within the action of what I call consequences of delivering good services to government. So those are two things that come to mind. Cloud computing still continues to be an emerging threat as we still drive all of our legacy modernization and all of our applications into the cloud. And in San Joaquin County, we recently moved uh, the county to a single county email system, Office 365. So now everyone, all 7,400 employees are on a single email system and we standardize on the Microsoft Teams and SharePoint platforms to drive business intelligence and analytical capabilities. So doubling down and making investments on enterprise tools has been a huge emerging threat for the county and very helpful in how we deliver our business applications. The other area too that I see that's really, we're really deep into is developing mobile applications and mobile device management across the county. Um, we have a lot of agriculture workers and folks that work in the farming fields and go out and audit. So it's very important that we have mobile applications that can tie back into our core systems, whether that be our PeopleSoft financial systems or our delivery systems for how we track and monitor uh, you know, food and agriculture components. All of that is in place and has been a big priority for us. Uh, so those are the top things. Also, business intelligence and analytics are very important. We use a lot of business intelligence and data analytics in our chatbot, as well as machine learning. Um, we continue to evolve and mature our chatbot capability as, again, as we provide that resident experience and the importance of what I call citizen and customer engagement. Those are key aspects to ensuring that emerging technologies are going to be successful first and foremost. So I think driving those, but having a plan and structure obviously in place is we have a digital information strategy now uh, that's effectuated for the next three years. It really calls out all of those emerging technologies and how we're going to lay those out. 
but last but not least, I did want to mention the apprenticeship program that we've developed and paying attention to effective recruitment and retention of the workforce. With these emerging technologies, we can't do it without the people in process, and that's very important. So we wanted to make sure that we're bringing uh, uh, some diversification also to our workforce and giving people the opportunity because we need these technology positions and we need these people to stay within government in order for us to be successful. Right, right. Thank you. That's a very comprehensive list of emerging trends. I definitely agree with you on cybersecurity. And I'm glad and happy to see that there is more attention from the upper executive leadership uh, throughout all levels of government, be more attention being given to cybersecurity, more funding available. Unfortunately, it's because we have gotten hit with various uh, attacks, but uh, I'm glad to see that uh, we're, we're doing more in that area. Yeah, for sure. I mean, absolutely. Do it. And I think as government employees and executives, we need to be proactive rather than reactive. And I think some of the biggest opportunities we've had is to educate our employees, but also educate our executives um, at the, the, the county board of supervisor level, at the director level, at the agency level, at the governor's office level of how important cybersecurity is. And this this really is our new World War III. This is a cyber war. And yeah. We all need to be prepared and manned appropriately to defend these particular hacks because they're coming um, at a, such a high frequency. Now you must have the necessary security tools in place in order to mitigate and, and work those types of threats off. Exactly. Chris, I think you would agree that adjusting to the pandemic was challenging for many organizations. And now everyone is thinking of what the next major disruption is going to be. And more importantly, how can we better be prepared for it? So resiliency is a big topic of conversation this, these days also. What are some examples of resilience you have seen in your organization in the past year? And what is the one thing you are doing to improve resilience? Obviously, David, the pandemic, uh, first and foremost, was a, a huge challenge for all of us as the pandemic hit almost a year ago in March of 2020. And one of the areas that we were preparing for at the time is I was trying to bring San Joaquin County to a virtual environment, virtual infrastructure environment, and also looking at telework as an opportunity um, to attract and retain and recruit people into San Joaquin County. And so I always say never let a good crisis go undone. So when the pandemic hit, we had to move essentially five to 6,000 workers out to home. So we started planning to really reutilize and repurpose our environment. We made sure that we had virtual private networks in place for 5,000 plus folks. So they had protection at the endpoint. And really went off on, hey, we're doing a full-time telework strategy, and now we're in this virtual work environment. But I think having the planning in place to plan for pandemics, to plan for natural disasters or anything of that nature is first and foremost now with technology. We've got to be nimble. We have to be agile. And we have to be have some diversification across our network and ensure, again, the necessary security provisions are in place. So we took advantage of that pandemic to deploy and execute on all those areas that I just mentioned. And I think that was really important. And today, San Joaquin County has a virtual environment where we have people working from home five days a week. We have some people in a hybrid mode that come to the office two days and are gone three days. But we have the necessary network bandwidth and infrastructure now to accommodate a complete virtual environment. 
we do provide business continuity planning consulting at direct technology um, in in relation to uh, resilience as a service uh, as well as cybersecurity consulting at direct technology we always talk about how we are going to get a project or something done but we also ask ourselves why are we doing what we're doing what is your why in other words, what motivates you in your work? Well, I, I think I've always been in the 30 years I've been in government. I like to refer to myself as a passionate civil servant, that I want to give something back to the community. And I think in the positions I've had the opportunity to effectuate policy and technology change and drive innovation, that's been something that's really motivated me. But I've also learned in my 30 years that you've got to bring people on this journey with you. You can't be a an individual in a silo. You've got to, through partnerships and collaborative relationships, you've got to drive change. And that's been really important as part of anything I've ever been a part of is getting people on board through good governance, through good project management, through good progressive discipline to be able to convince people that these are the right things to be able to do in getting projects done. And, and that's always motivated me. I've been a project manager by trade. And I think managing through a progressive discipline process and defining who does what by when has been a key to project success through the years, but also executive level governance is being able to make the necessary business case to your directors or the governor's office, CEO, board of supervisors, whoever's in the line of business of authority to make those transformational changes and convince them that that's the right direction that you need to move in. And I've been very fortunate in my career that I've been able to make really, really good, strong business case to support putting what I call uh, pro progressive project management in a framework around technology so we can manage it to success rather than to failure. Right. You're absolutely correct. And I have seen these in the way you work. Uh, so I can attest to that. That's, these are your principles. So uh, I appreciate them as well. Um, you know, innovation has been also a, a, a term and a keyword that's been thrown around in the recent past and even today. But my question, my next question is really more towards what inspires innovation on your team? How do you inspire your team? Uh, I think, you know, one of the areas too in San Joaquin County and, and within Department of Technology is sometimes I think you can empowerment. I call it a social empowerment. I think uh, setting expectations and then letting people go off and innovate and come up with great ideas. I always say no good idea should come undone or be unfounded. And I think opening up a environment and a culture of engagement and a culture of possibility is really important. And I've worked through the last few years of being able to do that. And, and I think with that type of perspective, that seeds innovation, that drives transformation when people know that they can bring ideas to the table and they can be part of a strategy. I mentioned earlier our digital services and innovation strategy. That's also published at sjgov.org. Really lays into the three years. And that was of defining an information strategy for San Joaquin County. And that was really a, a complement of all the department heads, 31 department heads in the county plus all of my ISG informational system division staff chiming in to say, here's the things we need to do to innovate and drive transformations. So having a strategy and having a roadmap on how to get there from here is really a proactive process. And, and we're actively working that strategy and those performance metrics within the plan. 
that's our keys to success is driving that. And again, we're driving that through good progressive governments, um, good progressive discipline and project management. And we have gatekeepers for each one of our initiatives to ensure that we're driving those to success. And I think that's really has been most important in driving that is people want to be part of transformation. People want to be part of innovation and having a cohesive common governance approach and a roadmap to do that in the county has really, uh, I think, accelerated our transformational innovation progress. Excellent. Yeah, I guess uh, it would be uh, you are incorporating these things in your apprenticeship program as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, the apprenticeship program has been a big part of that. And if you go and read what we've done with the apprenticeship program, and I have a video I could send you, is we sent three folks, uh, when I first got to San Joaquin County as the CIO, we selected three folks that were in non-IT positions throughout the county that we thought would be good representatives to send to San Joaquin Delta College. So the county paid for their two-year AA degree in computer science so we could retrain those folks into entry-level technology positions. And so I'm happy to report in the 1st of March, they started working with ISD and our hope is to move them into information system one positions and that they will have a career path of folks that we could retrain from business positions into technology positions. So that's another program I'm very proud of and I think is an exact excellent example of innovation on the people and culture side. And there's diversification to that. We wanted to make sure that we have a diversified workforce in San Joaquin County. So, you know, yeah. bringing more women into technology opportunities and more folks of diversification and culture has been very important. So I'm very proud of that program and yeah, see that it's uh, implementing yeah. appropriately. Yeah. Chris, what is something that would surprise people about your background or interests? I think that probably, I mean, people may not know that I'm a, a consummate workout person. I work out six days a week. I walk 30 miles a week. Um, so health and fitness has been a, a big part of my program. I feel that a, a healthy body is a good sign of a healthy mind and it allows me to wake up each day with you know purpose and conviction and a level of energy to take on and accomplish a lot of these initiatives. And I think that has been very important to me because I, I think in life I've learned more from my adversity than I have from my success. Very good. You still play baseball? Yep. Yeah. Uh, my son plays freshman baseball at Wilson High School. So I'm uh, a proud dad that watches him play you know, almost on a daily basis. And I'm thankful that I have three more years with him at Wilson High School to watch sports and ensure that he gets a good high school education and goes on to college and that he models the way. And I think as a role model, you know, we owe that to our kids to ensure that we're paying it forward and making society better at the same time as well. Very good. Well, my last question is, uh, Chris, where can people find you and keep tabs on what you're working on? And would you like to make any announcements about what you'll be doing after retirement? Yeah, I think we're, mainly where people can find me is I'm a, an active, uh, uh, I think, LinkedIner, if you will. Um, I, I put a lot of information on LinkedIn about my state career um, in my county career. So again, I'm retiring on April 30th. Uh, I'm going to transition and back into the private sector. I've taken a job as a SLED CIO for Tanium. And so my job will be really helping Tanium uh, develop its core capabilities within the state, local, and education areas of government uh, on a national level. So I'm very excited about my new role. Um, I'm, um, 
after 30 years of government, I feel like I've left everything on the table. I've accomplished a lot. I've paid it forward. So I feel good about getting off that transitional component now and then starting my new career, still helping government, but in a private sector way. And I think I can provide increased value to the state and other states and, and looking at a common security posture and a single pane of glass and fighting the cybersecurity uh, uh, warfare that we've found ourselves currently in. So I'm very excited about that role. Um, so I'll be moving over to Titanium at the end of April and, and, you know, look forward to working with business partners as there's a lot of opportunity for us to work together, a partner and develop collaborative relationships moving forward, just like I did in government. So Absolutely. I welcome the opportunity to work with everyone and partner as appropriate. Yeah, we look forward to working with you. Congratulations on your new role. And um, we definitely will be in contact. Well, thank you, David. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on and do this podcast and talk about everything about government and what I call good government and how we need to work together to ensure that we're defining and modeling the way for the most important part of who we serve, which is our constituents. Very good. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. Thank you, David. Excellent thank conversation. I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you all the listeners also out there for joining us as well. We will see you all in the next episode of Davood for Thought, where we will shed more light on the human side of tech.